It's the 365 Days of Astronomy podcast. Coming in three, two, one. Welcome to the new and special mini episode of the Cosmic Savannah. You may be wondering why is it a special episode? Well, the Cosmic Savannah podcast has got new volunteers to help them out this season. I'm Samadra Johnson, one of these new volunteers, and today I'm very excited to be able to introduce to you the guest. Alright, so we'll be joined by data scientists with passion to astronomy, Tim Rove, a postgraduate student and my fellow colleague at the University of Cape Town here in South Africa. He'll be sharing with us his perspective of astronomy as being a data scientist. He'll be talking about his project, which is to develop a tool to improve the performance of astronomical telescopes such as Mirlicht and Blotchim, understanding how it is behaving, why and when is it giving errors. So this is basically going to help us understand how data science is contributing to astronomy. But before hearing from Tim, you might already ask yourself, what is Mirlicht and Plakjum? And even when we will go through the interview, for those that might not be familiar to astronomy or data science like myself, there might be some words that we will not understand. But do not worry if you do not understand them all. I will try to explain them. So, for example, Mirlicht, the Dutch translation for Moorlight, is an optical telescope located in Sutherland here in South Africa. And it will provide real-time optical view of the radio sky as observed by Mirkat, the new powerful radio telescope and escape precursor, already talked in previous episodes in the podcast, so Mirlicht serves as a prototype for the blockchain project. They will mainly study transients, which are astronomical phenomena with duration of fractions of a second, weeks or years. During the interview, we will hear the word operational logs a lot. So it is a file that records every event or error that occurred during the desktop run. For example, how was the weather? How was the humidity? There is also a metadata, which is a data that describes over data, and the header, which is a detailed information contained in a data or in an image obtained during the observation. And it will contain um, its details like its coordinates in right ascension and declination or array and deck. And it's just a kind of similar coordinates to longitude and latitude, but it is used in space. Alright, so now if you're interested on what is happening behind the scene that astronomers should go through before getting the beautiful image from the sky, let's hear from Tim. With us today is Tim Wu from the University of Cape Town. Hi, Tim. Hello. How's it going? I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today and also joining as a volunteer for the Cosmic Savannah podcast. Can you please give us a short introduction about yourself? So I am currently a master's student at the Department of Astronomy. 
Um, I'm not actually an astronomer though. I'm a data scientist. So there's a little bit of confusion there as to where I kind of belong. And it's quite interesting because my course is actually interdisciplinary between the stats department, computer science department, and the astronomy department. So last year I was actually registered with the stats department, but now this year, because I'm doing my master's uh, dissertation, I'm with the astronomy department. I haven't been at UCT for that long though. I actually did my undergrad and my honors at Stellenbosch. So this is my second year at UCT and it's really, really fun. Oh, wow. So you are mainly a data scientist. So what motivated you to move into astronomy? Well, we were allowed to choose our dissertation topic uh, with any of the affiliated departments. So like with the Mm -hmm. astronomy guys, with the computer science people or with the stats department. And I was really interested in actually only two of those. So it was the computer science and the, the astronomy. I didn't really want to do a stats project that didn't fit my character. And a lot of them only focused on say biology or finance, which is not really my, my field. And what was really nice with the astronomy or what I enjoyed in the computer science was data visualization. But in astronomy, they also give you an opportunity to do work on projects with data visualization as well, which is really, really nice. So when I did my modules in astronomy last year, I got a list of projects from the person who was giving the astronomy course, which is uh, Jordan Collier. And on it were several projects. I can't remember all of them. And the most interesting I picked was with my current supervisor, Professor uh, mm-hmm. Paul Hurt. Uh, and I picked it because it was the most interesting project that was there. And I kind of just ran with it. So what is that project about? Um, the project that I'm working with Paul on at the moment is with the Mirlicht and Blackgem telescope array setups. So they are optical telescopes uh, with very, very similar designs and telescope control systems uh, that are used to automate the operation of the telescopes. What I'm doing specifically is looking at the telescope log, uh, well, the operational logs, and their headers that are attached to any pictures or uh, well, pictures that are taken from observations. What I'm trying to do is improve the performance of the the telescope, but also categorize uh, what's going on inside the the telescope and how it's behaving uh, in a way that's human-friendly and readable. Because a lot of information on how the telescope is actually functioning goes into those logs, but they're not human-readable. And they contain information about how the system components are working, how the weather is um, outside the dome and inside the dome, whether components are connecting together, whether observation that has been put through has been processed properly, those kinds of things. So how the telescope is actually functioning. And a lot of that information is stored within these operational logs. And what has been found with the astronomers recently while they've been doing some observations is that if they encounter an issue 
what will happen is they have a web interface that they're busy working with. And what will happen is they'll request a specific observation. They want to look at a specific field and you have the telescope will start at its rest position and then move to whatever the RA deck is mm-hmm. uh, associated with that field. And for instance, if something went wrong, they'd only get mm-hmm. an error message out of that web interface. And will they get that error message after thousands of observation or will they get it directly during the observation? They, they could. What would happen is they would have a schedule of observations and then mm. they run sequentially through each uh, scheduled observation. And if the error is significant enough, it could, con- it could cancel that observation and then move on to the next one. Um, it won't, it won't necessarily say it will cancel that observation, but it won't cancel the stack of observations. Uh, that makes sense. So it'll move on to the next observation. However, okay. depending on the error that the next observation could actually be affected. For instance, if it drops an observation without moving the telescope back to its rest position and you start moving the telescope again, but not from the rest position from where it was, you'll then be observing the incorrect field because it will be moved times two, essentially. But if, for example, the observer has hundreds of observations at a time mm-hmm. and there was an error, yeah. will he know the error at the end of the hundreds or really knows directly that, oh, there was an error, so I have to stop? Or The error message will pop up while it's while the the system is going so one of my tasks is actually to look at what messages are coming in the logs before that error and Mm -hmm. after it so that i can hopefully predict uh whether an error will come from a specific set of observations essentially so that will give the astronomer time to know that if i move it here after this specific observation, there will be an error. And rather than they move it there, the error comes and then they see the error, they can't do anything about it and the telescope moves to its next observation. Okay. So do you think you can use the same meter to any telescope or is it only fallible for nearly than blockchain? That's actually one of the requirements or what I'm actually looking for as part of my project is to try and develop a framework for more te- multiple telescopes, not just uh, Mirlik, but also Blackgem and other telescopes, a framework that you can use to, obs- to analyze the log data and categorize the error messages and then hopefully predict certain, um, certain outcomes during the observation. That's, I'm trying, I'm trying to make it as general as possible. So I'm trying to make it uh, a one size fits all essential uh, um, situation where the framework that I've developed can be moved and used between telescopes as long as they have an appropriate logging system in place. So as long as the telescopes are generating logs, my framework will be able to work with their system. What is the main goal you're trying to achieve? So because my, my project isn't very flashy like the astronomy projects because like everybody's interested in 
people taking really nice observations, getting really good pictures of the sky. But for me, this is more being able to ensure that that those those observations work and work consistently and that we're actually able to get to a point where we're able to schedule observations autonomously, which they do now, schedule uh, observations autonomously. If they run into an error, if there's a predicted error, they'll have a solution for it when if it comes up. And that way you will be able to limit the amount of time a physical astronomer has to be there to correct error messages essentially that come up. Because if we're able to predict them beforehand, the system then, uh, a telescope system can then take that into account and then adjust itself accordingly. And that's very useful because it means that astronomers can then spend time doing other things that they prefer to do. So actually perform doing the science and understanding their observed galaxies, stars, phenomena, transients. So Muirlift is working on transients rather than sorting out errors that come from observations. But it's also a very general idea in the sense that I'm just using metadata, so information about a system to correct a system. So in that broad sense, it's a very applicable idea. Okay. So would you be willing to observe someday? Yes, that that sounds really fun, uh, to be honest. Given the current situation, I'd actually ask Patrick if I could have gone with the third years and helped with some observations at Sutherland. So I was super keen for that. And then, boof. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think that's all for today. And thank you very much for the very interesting talk, team. Yeah, so, thank you very much for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, so hope to see you next time. Yeah, cheers, Sabatra. Cheers. Wow, that was a very, very fruitful interview. Especially when we have learned how he arrived into astronomy. Surely his project is a complex one, very challenging, but it will help astronomers to directly diagnose what's wrong and what is happening during observations, and especially when you say that telescope will adjust by itself. So you don't need anymore to spend time figuring out and fixing the errors, unless it is a very big one. You can wait for it, relax, and have a cup of coffee while staring at a beautiful night sky. <laughs> at the end of the interview, we have heard some few names, such as Patrick, who is Professor Patrick Wood, the head of astronomy department at the University of Cape Town. He was already a guest during the 23rd episode of the Cosmic Savannah. So every year, third-year astronomy students have a field trip to Sutherland to familiarize themselves with astronomical observations and hands-on experiences. So Tim wanted to go with them, but I hope he will go there soon. Cool, alright. I think that's all for today's main episode. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next time on the new episodes and stay tuned. You are listening to the 365 Days of Astronomy podcast.
The 365 Days of Astronomy podcast is produced by the Planetary Science Institute. Audio post production by Richard Drum. Bandwidth donated by Libsyn.com and Wizard Media. You may reproduce and distribute this audio for non-commercial purposes. This show is made possible thanks to the generous donations of people like you. Please consider supporting our show on Patreon.com forward slash 365 Days of Astronomy and get access to bonus content. After 10 years, the 365 Days of Astronomy podcast is entering its second decade of sharing important milestones in space exploration and astronomy discoveries. Join us and share your story. Until tomorrow, goodbye.